I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wake up in the morning feeling like Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. I'm Nolly Waterman. And I'm Laura Jane Jones. And this is the first ever live Try Hard podcast. Unbelievable. Thank you all for coming along. I think they're just sorting the audio out a little bit for you. Whilst they do that, we are going to inform you about who our guests are this evening. I'm sure you've seen across our social media, which obviously we want tagged to the max tonight. Twitter, Insta, get it going. Get me to 10,000 followers by the end of the tournament. I'm 250 off. I know it's a beg. I know it's a beg. Absolutely shameful. Tag James Smith in your Insta stories. James Smith PT, trying to get noticed. Just keep it flying. Do you want to go through our guests? Yeah, so first up, she is a legend of the refereeing world, even if an American commentator did get her name wrong in the summer and likened her to a allegedly murderous student from Italy. It's Sarah Cox. Oh, she's not... After that, we have got a legend of the Irish game, a former teammate of Nollies at Bristol and at Wasps. It's Claire Malloy. And finally, we've got World Player of the Year nominee, um, mainly because I coached her at Hartbury College when she was 16. Um, only for about three months, but I'm claiming all of her success is Sarah, the wrecking ball burn. Right, before we bring the guests on, we want to talk to you about something that's incredibly important to us uh, because we get paid to. <laughs> this Six Nations, just like during the World Cup, we are taking part in the Match Pint competition. So we want to see you all entered into the Match Pint League by the end of this. You download the Match Pint app, go to the Guinness Pint Predictor and join the Tryhards League. Our league pin is Tryhards. And basically, LJ's mum, who knows nothing about rugby, hates rugby, can do it, and is giving me banter on social media about beating me. So if she can do it, then you all need to... All you need to do is basically say, England are going to win uh, by 53, um, and that's how you, that's how you do it. It's really, honestly, it's so stupid. It's so, so silly. It's easy. If you do it this evening, you are in with the chance of winning 
the much-coveted Tri-Hards water bottle. They're brand new. So far, only Berna and Snowy have got one, and Sam Waterman. We will give the... Coxie, calm down, you'll get one. Wowzers. You can imagine it now. She's in the middle for Wales, Italy next Sunday there with her Team Tri-Hards water bottle. But get involved. There'll be a little break between our first two guests and Berna. So get involved in that little break and you could be the proud owner of the contents of this box. Should we do the other competitions as well? What other competitions do you want to so, do? So because my life isn't busy enough, um, I have decided that for every team that is here, every club that is here, um, at the halftime whistle, um, I would like you to make sure that one of us has got your um, club name. And at the end of the um, podcast, we're going to pull the name out and you guys are going to win, unfortunately, a coaching session with me. Um, and we are going to come down and record our pod live from your club and celebrate everything that you're doing. Um, that's amazing for um, women's rugby. Um, it, it might be Bristol. Um, I will come down <laughs> I will come, I will come, Kim, I can come and help you coach Bristol Bears lady. That is fine. Um, no problem. I coached Berna, made her the player she is. So don't worry. I might not be able to get you the premiership win. Kim says win. that she owes everything that she ever did to you as well. So <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, we have Kim Oliver, who is the head coach of Bristol Bears here in the room. So a round of applause. In fact, we've got so many internationals, it's ridiculous. We're going to name you all um, throughout the evening. So shall we get on with a bit of a Six Nations? Yeah, so we're going to, this evening, preview the Women's Six Nations, which obviously starts next weekend, which we're all extremely excited about. I want to know, first of all, Nolly, what is your favourite game that you ever played? Or the, or the best game, best environment? Tell me what your Six Nations best memory is. Um, so... I played quite a, for quite a while um, in the Six Nations, and it sounds a real it sounds really really geeky, and it will get more more fun and a bit more banter than this. But probably my favourite game. You hope so. Um, my my favourite game uh, was France in 2018. Now, anyone that knows the result of that game, why is that? You won <laughs> seven Grand Slams. That is the only Six Nations game you lost. I know. In your um, entire career, by a point. Yeah, by a point, last play of the game. Well, second to last play of the game. The actual last play of the game was me getting tackled into touch, which honestly was so embarrassing. I hate it. Uh, if anyone I coach anyone that does that, I like go mad. So me doing it was a bit of shameful. But the reason I uh, like the reason I say that is because when I got capped in 2003, and I'm sure she'll give me some banter about it. Because she's no so one, old. No, no one knew about women's rugby, really. No one really cared. Um, no one watched it and embraced it for what it was. And in 2018, when we went to France, there was 19,000 people in Grenoble at nine o'clock at night. They were freezing cold as we we. But I was stood next to... I was playing on the wing, and um, I stood next to Ellie Kildan, who's 18, doing the A-levels, at the same point of me as I got my first cap. And she was stressing about something, and I looked at her and I said, look, just in, like, mate, look around. There's 19,000 people with flags going mental for it. And honestly, at that moment, I knew that women's rugby was in a totally different place. And if I finished at that point, I knew that actually it had changed and where it needed to be. And that's probably my most serious note tonight. Um, but yeah, that's it's probably in the mood favorite. then. I know, are the Bristol students in? <laughs> Were any of you born in like 2000, 2001? You are so old. You are so old. Thanks, mate. Anyway, should we go? Like, to be fair, so one of my favourite games, um, the so 
in 2006, we went up to Scotland and we played Scotland away. Is that your 30th it, birthday match? Oh, right. Way. Um, <laughs> honestly. So I make myself She's up. had half a pint of Guinness. Um, we, we played at Murrayfield and it was absolutely epic. Um, and Kim was... I know I dropped it over the line, Kim. I'm just about to tell the That's story, That's the story mate. she's going to tell, Kim. It. So basically, Kim was playing, because she's that old as well. Um, but we got to play at Murrayfield, which for anyone that has watched rugby growing up, my family, is, like, I've got... Well, they're not... My, well, they are my family. They're Scottish, unfortunately. Um, and... So to, be, to play there was awesome. There was about four people in the stadium. One was my mum, the other one was my auntie. Someone, was, someone had forgotten to leave after the men's game um, and someone was asleep. But um, the, the build-up to the game, um, Jeff Richards at the time was the head coach, um, but he was transitioning away from playing, uh, from coaching, sorry. And um, Graham Smith, who was the forwards coach at the time, led that game. And it, we knew it was going to be a battle because he was giving this pre-match talk about ripping the guts out of them and stamping on them and bit like awful All, like I was like is this what forwards do like this is awful chat like, animals I, like I put Spice Girls on and was dancing around the change room anyway he basically said we're gonna we're gonna smash them and we're gonna r s drive through them like a fork through butter and I was like that I don't quite think that that's the saying, Graham. But anyway, um, we, went, we ran out. We, unfortunately, there wasn't space in the main stadium for us to get changed. As with most women's rugby, we were out in the back. We were probably about five miles away in a caravan. But we, that was where we were. Um, it messed up our warm-up a little bit because we had such a long way to walk. So anyway, we got into the stadium, sang the anthems. We were winning at half-time. Fantastic. We were running out of the stadium. Um, back to the changing rooms to get changed, uh, to get sorted and half-time chat. Um, and one of the Scottish girls slipped on a drain. And I, I, I honestly, I was like, I felt, but you know when you see someone fall in the street, you, you feel a bit bad laughing, but it is quite funny. So we were all laughing as we got back in eventually. Anyway, we came back in again. And even funnier than that, one of the Scottish players stepped on a chip packet and ran onto the international park with a chip packet attached to her boot. So... Half time, uh, second half kicked off and um, yeah, made an awesome break through the center. No one near me, dived over so the try humble. line, and as Kim said, dropped it all over the try line. Um, so that's probably one of my more entertaining games of rugby and probably shows where women's rugby's gone in terms of the support and um, chip packets and stuff like that. But yeah, there we go. Right, let's bring our first guest on. She is an absolute legend of officiating. She did start off her career as a player, but has taken a different direction. So we are very she was excited. Because <laughs> she was crap at rugby. She looks like a beanpole, but anyway, it's fine. <laughs> She's moaned about the whistle on our podcast, but she is a legend. World Seven Series, Women's World Cup, Women's Six Nations, bit of men's as well. Olympic Games. Olympic Games. Get on the stage, Coxie. Thank you for that. So, Southwest born and bred? Yes, unfortunately so. And a referee. And a referee. Why refereeing, mate, apart from the fact that you weren't very good at playing? <laughs> well, it's a true story, to be fair. Um, why refereeing? So, basically, I did start off as a player. Uh, tried to. And then um, kind of went through the stages of, of going through the trials and things like that. And uh, I kind of remember standing... Do you remember Haythrop Park? Kim, you remember that? Oh, my God. So, uh, it was the I longest drive ever. Oh. And as soon as you... Sophie's laughing because she was there. Sophie Hemming, World Cup winner. Hello. Hello, Sophie Hemming. 
Um, you can say, look, she's a World Cup winner. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, you drove into Haythrop Park and super excited, but as soon as you turned in, the mile drive signal went. Doom. Awful. Anyway, there we go. That's terrible. So um, I went to the under-20s uh, trials, and um, it, this was probably my third time of having gone, having received two letters to say, you're not quite good enough. And I was like, all right, well, we'll have a third, third time lucky. Yeah, yeah we'll absolutely. Went for it, and uh, I remember trying to go for a tap tackle against Emily Scarrett, and she's trying to burn Your me Your sister? Down yeah, my sister, yeah. A kid <laughs> asked Coxie this week if she was Emily Scarrett. Excuse me, are you Emily Scarrett? She agreed and signed the autograph. <laughs> <laughs> no, I paused Sorry for about a, that, World Player of the Year. <laughs> I, no, I paused for a second and went, sorry, son, no, I'm not. She's over there. And he went, son, he was probably about five years younger than you. No, he was, he was only little. He was only oh, little. Good. And uh, he turned around and he went, oh, well, you, you look quite a lot like her. <laughs> so I walked off at that point because I do not. She's a far better athlete than I am. But, but you had the knee pads on. Yeah. No, I didn't, no. Um, so yeah, so, so as I tried to tap tackle Emily Scarrett and uh, get a face full of mud and look up and I think to myself, I probably shouldn't be here anymore. I think I need to go and do something else. But were, so, you, were you born a massive rugby nose? Because you are one, we know that well. So was it a very natural progression for you? Had you in fact only been playing rugby just so that somebody would take you to one side and go, Coxie, here's a whistle. This is your future. You absolute nose. No, no, I'm not a Norse. I don't actually watch a lot of rugby other than when I have to do my reviews. But One thing I will say about Coxie is she is one of the easiest people to wind up in the world, which I find amazing that she keeps people so calm on the pitch. But Holly Davidson, who is a referee under the Scottish flag, works in the World 7 Series, all I ever watch her do is wind Coxie up when we're away on the 7s. Like 24 hours a day, it's just piling into you. I don't understand how you were two different people. On the pitch, you are so calm, you own it. Off the pitch, you're an absolute melt, mate. <laughs> no, you, you think I own it on the pitch. Like, inside, I'm having a panic attack every time. Every time you get close to that try line, I'm starting to have a panic attack about it. And I don't know what you're going to do next. So, no, I, like, I... I yeah, you wind me up. Something chronic. It's awful. And I, yeah, I've been on the receiving end of some of your winding up as well. Like... Honestly, but how I, deal, how I deal with it on the pitch, I have no idea. So Honestly. you say about running in to the try line, worrying about what's going on. Something that I find amazing about you is that you referee across both the 15s and 7s game. In the men's, we don't see that. How do you stay 7s fit? How do you kind of keep your head in when it comes to a slightly different set of laws at times in terms of the way that you are working on the pitch? How do you cope with that and the balance of the two? And also talk about the Commonwealth Games final. Oh dear. <laughs> well, this is, we were actually talking about this earlier. Um, so the, the games are refereed very differently. So sevens is very snap decision, very quick. They want to play quickly, let's go, and then we're up the other end of the pitch. So any decision I make has a big impact on the turning points of games. So when I come back into the 15s, if I referee that quickly and with that snap of decision, I could end up blowing 30, 40 penalties in a, in a game because... It, it's just completely different. So you do have to try and get your eye back in. You do have to try and get back out and kind of almost tune back into 15s because you've got to leave it a lot longer and there's loads more players on the pitch. So there's far less room. That's just maths, Coxie. There's loads, loads more. So what happens when you're from Exeter? You're never quite sure about numbers. No, no. 
Because your fingers you are cope, webbed. <laughs> how do you cope from the fitness perspective? Because eh? obviously sevens, it, it's a shorter format. Of, you know, obviously I'm good at maths as well. But you have to be fitter because there are less players and because it's end-to-end -end all the time. Do you change your fitness up during the course of the season? Yeah, so it's varied. So, so I'm programmed depending on what happens with my year. So if I'm going back to go out to a, a sevens tournament, it will be kind of very sevens orientated. When I come back and I'm going into a block of 15s, it'll be very 15s orientated. But they both overlap quite nicely. But when I've come off a long block of, of sevens back into 15s, I get about 20 minutes into a 15s match and I'm like, is everybody done? Like, are we done now? Because I'm tired. I need to come off. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I try and differ it around a little bit so I can keep that and, and maintain that basically all year round. Um, so as one of the first ever paid women's referees, um, did you ever think actually when you were studying rugby as a Norse as a child that you would get paid to do it? Um, because actually that's a, it was a massive step forward um, to be able to say that, well, I mean, do you actually tell people I'm a full-time referee? I do know. Mate, you want to see her walk into David Lloyd in Exeter? <laughs> You've never been in there with me. We had brunch in there oh, yeah, about did, two months ago, mate. It's a true story. Yeah, um, Bernard is tetchy down here. She's should we, should we tell everyone about what happened when you went into referee England training the other week? Oh, no, hang on. I got stitched up there. Hang on. So we, they, they go around and they do scenarios. And... Um, I get a brief just before the scenario to say, right, okay, look, this is what we want them to, to do. So it might be exit out of the red zone or it might be exit into something. Else. I've, I've no idea. I've no idea what they're talking about, but I just nod and smile and go with it. And I was like, okay. And he said, um, I said, look, like Bernard's doing a lot of like crawling on the floor rather than just placing the, the ball. And he said, well, Bristol cheat. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, to, he, he said to one of the coaches said to me, okay, well, Binner then. And I was like, oh, Oh, okay. So she did it again. So I bend down. She looked at me and I thought, oh my God, she's going to hit me. She's gonna so hit she's, she's going to hit you or she's going to eat you? <laughs> One of the two, I wasn't sure. Usually it was a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> Those skinny legs. Hey, they're bigger than what they used to be. <laughs> bigger than Wayne Barnes. Correct. So Toothpicks. talking about, well, let's talk about boys rugby because actually you've been a trailblazer from that perspective, refereeing um, men's game. How do you find it different from refereeing women's? Do you behave any different? Is it, um, do you approach the game any differently? It is a little bit different. Um, albeit that we, we all have the same laws and being the laws of the laws that I am, you, you're kind of applying that, but you're applying it in slightly different ways. So the, the men's game works slightly differently to, to what the women's game works. But at the end of the day, I, my, what I'm trying to achieve is to facilitate the game that's in front of me. So I want to try and ref that as best as possible so that you guys get what you want out of it and I get what, what I'm there to do sort of thing. <laughs> so the men's game is, is, is different. It's more clinical. It's more, it's, it, at times it can be a little bit quicker. But the women's game brings the same sort of thing, but just a slightly different dynamic as well. Do you see different discipline in different areas? Obviously, things are changing now, but we know a lot of women will have come to the game slightly later. They might have been cross-sport converts, like Malloy. She came from a Gaelic football background. Do you find that because a lot of women and girls have learned the game slightly later, they know the laws better than perhaps boys do? Or is there discipline in certain areas where there isn't in others? No, I, I don't think any player knows the laws, if I'm honest. Put your hand no, up in the room if you actually you know the laws of rugby. Yeah, that'll be no one. 
Damien Derek from the BBC. Yeah, Damien Derek and Sam Waterman definitely know the laws. You, you two are the most laws players, like people I know. The one thing though about laws that everyone nauses off about in rugby. So Nolly and I did some filming on Wednesday, and the guy who, from the marketing department of the company we were with went, uh, "So girls, um, what's your favourite rule in rugby?" And both of us at the same time. First off, no, they're no, laws. No. Your eyes popped out your head because you are the rugby they geek. They literally like. were hitting the windows. Um, so my, my friend here is obsessed with asking you about um, not getting injured if you referee a men's game. And I'm not obsessed. Do you, think, do you think that a woman will firstly referee a, a full Gallagher Premiership game and then a full test match? I know it's happened, top, but top, top tier, tier top tier. Obviously, tier, tier one. You and Joy have both done the second tier. Joy situation. has, I haven't. Oh. So I've never done second tier. Sorry. It's nearly your time, mate. Yes. <laughs> Do you think there's, is there any danger for women refereeing elite level men's rugby? And is it going to be judged on a case by case basis? You're obviously quite tall. Holly, for instance, pole. is three foot two <laughs> and weighs four stone wet through. Do you think that we are going to see women refereeing men's rugby at that level? Look, I've, I've never been told personally there can't be that to happen. Um, as to whether it happens, I don't know. Like, it, we're, we're at the moment, we're in a phase of treading ground that's never been tread before. So when I kind of broke into the, to the men's game, into National One and then into Championship, there, there was no female that had done that before. So we're almost kind of patting around a little bit in the dark as to what happens next. I still do the same fitness tests. I still have... What do you do? Where do you compare? I I watched her do um, sevens fitness testing. Oh, you were filming. She was vomiting. I threw up half literally. You know when it comes out your nose as well, when you've taken so much water on board at the end, hands and knees. Who's the Irish referee, the man that trains at um, Twickenham? Oh, what's his name? He's retired now. Oh, it'll come to me. Um, He was training whilst. Not JP. Yeah, JP. Oh, wasn't he? Oh, sorry. That's awkward. (laughs) He hasn't Awkward. Um, so JP was training whilst the England Sevens girls were in full-time camp back in God, building up to Rio. So 2015 time. And we were in the Twickenham gym. And he, he started doing these running drills. And all the girls were like, you could see their shoulders like going. Anyway, I was then on the bench press and a couple of other girls. Anyway, he came over and started talking about technique for bench. And I said, oh, like, if you're... And then he started benching next to us. So he started talking... I actually started benching probably twice as much as him. Um, and he genuinely like skulked off out. So where do you fit in the in I'd the love to say test? that was the first time Nolly's told me that story, but it's the third time today. <laughs> I'm not joking. She's putting her makeup on her. Look, um, I, I go out in every training session and push myself as hard, hard as I can. So when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm with the boys... It's kind of, we're, we're in it together. So there's a couple of them that will never let me get too far behind if they look at me and uh, there's a little bit of struggle on. I, you know, I've, I've had myself on my hands and knees before being sick because I've pushed myself that far. Chasing text. Yeah, that as well. Um, so it's, it's like... Chasing what? Text. Oh, okay. So it's, it's like, as long as I can go out there... He's a referee on the women's series, sorry. Oh, text. I just text. kind of nodded and smiled at you. I didn't to know what you were saying. Text. I'm such a referee, Norse. Um, so they, are, they are the extra team on the World 7 Series. Will you stop? 
<laughs> Isn't that what you call yourself? Basically, I think anyone that doesn't play and works in the media associates themselves more with the referees and the players because they, they, they don't that have our harsh. chat. They don't get it. Oh, wow. Look at this. Wow. <laughs> That's a big fight. That's a <laughs> All right, Hask, the Bandosaurus Rex over here. Just call us House of Rugby for your chat. Okay, okay. Do I need to referee yeah, Get your cards out. Get your cards out, Coxie. I think we need to maybe wrap this up. And I've got one on last question, question for Coxie then. To wrap it up. So we've talked about women referee in the men's game. For you, what is the kind of ultimate ambition? What is the pinnacle? Would it be to referee a full Gallagher game? Or a tier one men's international? Or is it to get an Olympic final later this year? Uh, look, I can't control those appointments. So if I if I hang myself up on an appointment, I like I, I, it's my boss. My boss is going to turn around and say, yes, I'm going to give you this opportunity or, or no, I'm not. What I want to do is, is when I get to my retirement, which however long that is, I'm, get, I'm getting on a bit now. It's younger than both of us. So uh, I, I, I've been doing it for a long time. So it's, it's getting to the end of that, that career and getting to the end of everything and saying, do you know what? I, I went 100 percent of this. And it just wasn't good enough if I don't get to it. Or if I get to it and I go, I did that because I put 100% in. But then one of the limiting factors is actually your nation is pretty good at rugby. Yeah, so, so look. GB ain't getting to the final of the seven. No, oh. well. This, I can feel Snowy's eyes in the side of my head here. Ouch, ouch. Hey, look, um, like sevens, look, if I get to a second Olympics, fantastic. Let's, let's go with it. And, and let's... let's Let's, let's involve other people. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I can kind of do stuff like this and someone else turns around and says, do you know what, I'm going to go and look at that refereeing because actually that looks like a decent pathway. Just because I didn't want to play, just because I wasn't good enough to play in my case, I can actually take a different avenue and I can still go to the Olympics. I can still go to the Commonwealth Games. I can still knock on the door of Premiership. You know, all these different things that just because i got a whistle in my hand doesn't mean I don't work any harder or any any less as hard as, as anyone else do you know what I mean so for me it's just about that work ethic putting that time and effort in and just making sure that I put myself in that position for people to turn around and say do you know what yeah we'll give her that opportunity because if I don't I'll kick myself in 10 years time when I when I give up and say I could have done more so as much as we'd love to see team GB in that gold medal match how much would we love to see Coxie there in Tokyo <laughs> thanks babes Bugger off. <laughs> Thanks for winding me up. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, let's big her up then. So Claire Malloy, a two-time Six Nations champion, a legend of the Irish game, but currently on a sabbatical from international Hang on, something that I'm obsessed with. She is also a doctor. And not just a normal doctor, a doctor in A&E. And someone that balanced a career that is still continuing, currently lives in Cardiff, works in A&E, plays for wasps, cheers, but that's quite a long commute. And also has balanced being an A&E um, doctor alongside being an international and winning the Grand Slam. I think that, that yes, thank you. So... Talk us through how on earth do you manage that? Uh, coffee. Lots and lots and lots and lots of coffee. Um, yeah, it's just, just a bit mad. I don't really like free time. Um, <laughs> really like my car at the moment. It, it's great crack. Um, I uh, grace the field on the weekend. Listen um, to lots of podcasts. Try hard pod, yeah, anyone? Yeah, try hard podcasts. Yeah, great, great learnings. Um, yeah, no, I, I love it. Um, and I love being busy. So that's why I uh, walked up to have a little 40-minute uh, appearance against Bristol the last day in between uh, shift and a &E. So it was a, an eight-hour lunch break, shall we say. <laughs> I've got really nice bosses. Thank you, Cardiff. <laughs> How are you feeling going into... Is this your first Six Nations of your sabbatical? Did you, you played last year or you missed last year? I played last year, so it's so, my first. So how does that feel, watching that squad being selected... Watching the girls play their warm-up match against Wales on the weekend, does it feel strange that you're not involved, having been there for so long? Yeah, I think it's going to be a bit surreal. Um, next weekend, I'm going over with um, some of the Barbarian girls to go watch the rugby in Dublin and support the girls against Scotland. So it'll be, yeah, the first time in 11 years I've not been on the pitch myself. Um, but I'm just, you know, keen to watch them, how they get on. Like, I, I knew I'd be taking this year out. I, you know, I've been prepared for it since oh, this time last year. I knew it was going to be the case. So it's just about, I suppose, just getting on with it and then being ready, come back into it, hopefully, if they have me in the summer. We are going to talk about Ireland and the Six Nations, but as it stands, they haven't qualified for the Women's World Cup next year. How difficult is it for you taking a back seat whilst they have to do that? Well, it's kind of a case of we know we're in the qualifiers. It's a semi-final process in September with... Uh, home home and away like and it's a case of we have to win anyway like it doesn't matter who we play in the semi-final we have to win it and we have to win the final to go to the world cup so if the standings are decided this six nations tournament it's still a case of between ourselves italy and scotland and then obviously the top european team which is going to be spain um we still have to beat them and you know we've been a team that's been in the world cups for the last well since i've been in well since before i've been involved so it's where we we want to be as a team and, you know, if we don't meet the criteria to do it, then what's the point is then we have to, we have to perform and we have to really earn our place to get to go to New Zealand. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a bad 2017, which I to remember it. Slightly awkward. Um, in terms of your sabbatical, though, do you want to talk us through that? Because currently you're pretending like, so I bigger up to be a doctor, but anyone that follows Claire Malloy, which you all do now, 
um, on social Seriously media. Though, just She's, for the drawings. She, yeah, she basically doodles her way through life. So why have you taken a sabbatical? Because like, from my perspective, I love having you as a teammate at Wasps because you are the worst ruckmer that I I know. So from when you're on my team, it's brilliant. But when you're playing on the opposition, it's horrendous. So, and also when you played for Bristol, you stepped me gutted. Like I, pr- I pride myself in my defence, genuinely. I don't get, I, like, I, without being, I sound really big headed. I don't really get sidestepped, mainly because I panic and then like get a good angle on someone. The one person that sidesteps me, not just once, but twice in a game is a, is a bat rower. Um, and a back row from Ireland. So anyway, but why are you... I'll go back to the question. Why... I then split your lip open later on in the yeah, game. Yeah, revenge. Sorry about that. Yeah, a bit so, cruel. Um, so, um, so why are you sabbatical? Um, I think it just got to the point that I just needed a break um, from uh, Irish rugby. Um, I'd given it a lot in 11 years and I just needed to get to the point where in my career that I suppose I'd progressed up the ladder. Uh, you know, I kind of in those wilderness years of being a baby doctor uh, for five years and I was just like, you know what, I'd, I'd like to be making more decisions, I'd like to be progressing, um, you know, this is my job. Uh, I've had to juggle it all because my union doesn't pay. You know, I've, I've got to gotta pay the bills um, and I'm lucky to have such a wonderful career. And it just became the right point in time to have a break and then obviously to come back in the summer and just recharge the batteries um, so I can face it afresh. You know, there was just a, a bit of burnout. Um, so we've got some Bristol girls in the room. Um, but you're at Wasps. So, <laughs> which is your favourite club? Ooh! <laughs> Literally that minute. Your uh, teammate or, your, or the whole room? Your old friend. <laughs> <laughs> which which one your... do you guys want? Yeah, Nolly, what's yours? What's your favourite club, Nolly? Oh, Bristol. Oh. Worcester. No, no jokes. Oh. Um, oh, I on. played for loads. Like a bit of a, More clubs yeah, than Pete Tom. Yeah, anyone that have me. To be fair, I would definitely... Henley, yeah, Henley Hawks. Had a good couple of years there. Played it, yeah, I did play up. I played up in Northumbria um, for the dollar, yeah. The big bunny. Um, I keep, asked you, mate. Yeah, I know, like, I know. Just keep talking and I'll have to answer it. You just waffle on. It's great. Just ramble, <laughs> ramble, keep talking. Me yeah, too. but we get you from Cardiff to Wasps and back. So. Uh, yeah, exactly. I just really like the M4. Um, it's really good fun. I just thought, you know, I could stop after the bridge, but I'll just keep going. But you don't have to pay anymore. No, I don't have to pay anymore. So, you know, I, I just spent that money on the extra fuel to get to London. Love it. Yeah. You're a doctor, you earn loads, it's fine. You've talked, though, about this career break from rugby to pursue your actual real-life job that's really important. We talk a lot now about the progression of women's rugby, and we look at Burner, who is a fully-fledged professional, but the other home unions and the other unions of the Six Nations are lagging behind. Are you jealous when you look at England, or do you think they are now setting a, a benchmark that the IRFU, the WRU, are going to eventually follow? Yeah, I think it's it's progression of the sport um, and it's really important that unions such as England are really pushing the boundaries in terms of funding the professionals in the game, I suppose the growth of TPs and what that league is now offering you. That's why you're seeing more Irish internationals come over, you're always seeing Scottish players coming over, like that return from France. It's because it's the place to be. And I, they're just setting the bar so high that we really want to, I suppose, challenge what's called my home union, the Welsh Union, the Scottish Union to, I suppose, up their game. But we, what we don't want to see is that it doesn't need to be an unassailable challenge either. Like, looking at the tournament now in the first game, obviously, is France versus England. You know, you've got the two best-funded, best-supported teams. We don't want that to be, I suppose, the fixture of the tournament and the rest of the game is just to be a, a second-tier tier competition. So it's, it's really putting pressure on the unions to develop their teams to match that standard, not to just see it as something that 
well, that's great for them and they can go play in their summer series. Like, we want to challenge the other unions like we used to. Um, when I suppose the, lay, the playing field was a bit more level, but the coverage of the game, um, particularly in Ireland, is phenomenal now. You know, we've been in a situation that our main broadcaster is broadcasting our games live, probably for a longer time than any other nation, um, maybe the exception of France. And we get good viewership and we fill Donnybrook and we create a real atmosphere and I suppose a changing age group that are coming to support against us are young girls. So I suppose it's a combination of what the other unions are doing, but then also what the public are, how are they supporting the game and the visibility of the game. And to be fair, a Friday night at Donnybrook um, is a pretty good place to be with plenty of Guinness afterwards. Um, but enough, Coppers. enough Coppers. about Coppers. enough about um, boring stuff that LJ's asking. I want to know who is your roommate and anything about any good memories from any of the Six Nations you've played in? Ooh. That's quite a, like, Jesus, broad question. The broadest question. You've broadest got. question. You're like, you're like oh, banter, to be sure. banter, 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 banter. banter. Uh, oh. Who's your roommate? So we'll, we swap around in Ireland. Do you? Yeah, like, we get along with everyone. Oh, oh. <laughs> Wow. It's just an Irish thing. We just, wow, you're get, so friendly. Uh, yeah, yeah, just get along. Like so, should, okay. so, so who's the best Irish roommate and who's the worst Irish okay, roommate? Okay, the best Irish roommate is probably Kleena Maloney. I thought you were going to say Sene. No, Sene is excellent, but Kleena comes with biscuits. Yes. And chocolate yeah. and mm-hmm. tea. Yeah, she's, she's a feeder. Good yeah, she's a feeder. And then everyone comes with the biscuits and tea to Kleena, to feed Kleena. You know, she's a growing girl, front row. Um, and it's just great because there's always chocolate. And you're like, oh, no, I won't this weekend. And then clean us there. And you're like, going, oh, no, no, we need to just chat over camp, watch something useless on the telly, and then eat biscuits and tea. And then it's just nice. And who's the worst? Um, uh, I've said it before, God. Ali Miller, um, Alison Miller, who's just retired, um, has the smallest bladder in the world. And... Well, and that makes her a bad Oh, movie. well, like, if you yes, want she mate. wets the bed. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> You can tell she's not a player. No, she it would know. be easier if she did no, wet the bed. Because I've got the biggest bladder in the world. I'm confused yeah, by the okay. small bladder well, chair. No, she doesn't wet the bed because she goes to loo every 20, 30 minutes during the night time. And she's also like... 20 minutes? Oh, she's Is that not something you need to speak to her about as a doctor? I don't offer it. You know, I have a strict... Don't treat... That's where I've got a rash. No, 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 no. No, no. You can get that checked out. Oh, not here. <laughs> Is that from right, so in, uh, I've been on many a, a rugby field where people have run into each other and smashed each other's face open or twisted some part of their body that definitely shouldn't be turned around that way. And I've seen you dash over and then and also stitch players up after games. In fact, Nora Baljavite, she I can't say it, she's German, um, <laughs> she split a leg open and there's a photograph of you, like hair on there, mud everywhere. You're stitching her. Like, how do you balance that feeling of, I'm an A&E doctor, I can mend you, but I'm also your teammate or your opposite number? You just can't, like, you can't leave some people. Does like, your Hippocratic I mean, oath apply when you're on the field? There's I loads of people know, I'd leave, I don't mate. think so. I haven't checked with the GMC. I'll check with the medical council, but I don't think so. <laughs> There's loads of players I'd leave. I mean, is there anyone that... Is there anyone <laughs> which players right. would you Kim, leave? Kim's in the toilet, so... Yeah, would you leave Kim? <laughs> Make a list. Kim Oliver, definitely. <laughs> Bernard I keep, she's quite useful. She can scrummage. <laughs> and there's no way I'm going in there. Millie Wood is at the back. Hello, Millie. Millie Wood, England 7 star and 15s. Hello. Barbarians, Hello. friend. Loves the podcast. Yeah. Woo! And a, pa- 
a painter and decorator. So anyone that lives near Cheltenham that needs any painting or wants to follow any really useless um, photographs of painting, follow her on Instagram. Six Nations kicks off next weekend, starts with England and France. I want you to give me a rundown. Go through the teams. I've done this with Nolly already earlier on. Just socially. That's what we talk about. England, Grand Slam? Yeah, I think it's so to lose. Even away in France in the first week? Yeah, I, 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 back the, I back the English. I think it's their continuity, their structure, uh, their physicality. I think they'll outmuscle that French team, and particularly in the back line. Like, Gaz is hard to stop. And, like, and she's posing like an absolute Egypt beside me, isn't she? Um, you just, I see Nadia out of the corner of my eye on the pitch a lot of the time because she's obviously in the back three, and she's I just only, ignore her. She's, she's shouting stuff. I've retired. <laughs> You've retired? Oh. <laughs> From international, from international. Wow. I'm still. I'm actually still signed Scoop. for Wasps. I just haven't turned up to any games or training yet. But I hey, might. I went for a run the other day. She went for I a did. run. So oh, I went for a run um, at Bushy Park. So I live down in London, and uh, I, I've got a dog. So I just thought, you know what? I'm going to take her out. I'm going to take her out, and this time I'm going to be wearing running gear. I'm going to wear athleisure to run my. Take Which my I dog. wear when I've got a hangover. And, genuinely um yeah all of my stuff that i don't like i give to lj and she turns up looking like honest like a 40 year old mum that's just dropped two kids off at primary school anyway i um sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> there are parents in the room you look honey. great tonight so um so i i ge- this is genuine story i come out my guy run for a little bit and there is a woman that i i reckon is mid 50s and she's pulling away from me and in my head, I was like, if anyone could see someone that has, could say that they're an international rugby player, gone to an Olympic Games, and this woman is pulling away, I started chasing her. I started chasing this poor woman in Bushy Park. Two hours <laughs> I, I honestly... a phone call from the police. <laughs> they her in. That's true, sorry. Did you ankle tap her? No, it's I didn't special. even... I actually couldn't get close to her. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know whether my comeback into the premiership is going to be worthwhile. Um, Kim might be able to sign me now. Kim's like, Bristol again. She just shook her head. Right. Italy, can they back up last year's second place? I don't think so. No. I think they'll challenge. I think their performances will be closer. I think they won't have home advantage this time around. They're obviously away to, what's called, Ireland, to Wales. Are they away to Scotland as well? I think... all, All I know is Wales are all the blues... Yeah, 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 that's how I remember we it as well. We have the best one to remember. Yeah, I know, I know that. It's really straightforward. I've reporter on Sunday, mate. She knows rugby. We're getting banter from Eleanor Snowsill, who will be playing in the Six Nations. She's been, she has been named in the Welsh squad. She got a 50th cap. 50th, 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 50th. She got, I thought you were going to do a Welsh accent. She got a 50th cap. Oh, yeah. 50th, cap. 50th, cap. 50th cap last year, and she's still doing great. One thing I will say, um, though. Oh, yeah. So can we have a, a round of applause, even though she is playing for Wales? Well done. One thing I will say is Snowy actually, she's oh. got a bad hip for Guinness. So she's not going to play this weekend. So I'm assuming she's coming as a fan with Neris. You're going to get some Welsh cakes out of your mother this weekend? Oh, she only does Welsh cakes when she's playing. Appa- Apparently when Snowy's on the bench, her mum doesn't do Welsh cakes. Savage. I need to have a co- that's, that's killed me, that chat has. with uh, your new coach. Select killed you me just off. to get them. Right, Ireland. Moment of truth. What do you see this year a return to greatness for the girls in green the gigs I think it's about them getting the performances and beating a few more teams than one team last year was a bit bleak 
Uh, better than Scotland, to be fair. Yeah, we did. We did beat Scotland, and I think that I think that's going to be the biggest game for us. Is really the first game in the championship. We've got Philip Doyle, my old pal, my old head coach, uh, returning um, to Donnybrook with his Scottish side. And, you know, he's going to be chomping in the bit to get a performance. And obviously, you know, Scotland didn't win any games in the Six Nations. And he's only had one win under against Spain. And obviously they're developing and strong. But I just want the girls to come away with a performance. I think if they beat Scotland, I think then going in again the next weekend against Wales, I think they could probably build some momentum to put in better performances against, against obviously, the French and the English sides. And then Italy... There's got to be some revenge for that one point loss last year in Parma. Um, so hopefully we can get, get three wins on our belt, win our home games, and then see what we can do. Okay, so last question. Wooden spoon, who gets it? Oh, ooh, the microphone didn't like that. Uh, God, Philip Doyle's going to kill me. <laughs> but if they don't beat Ireland, I, can't, I could see Scotland getting it doesn't mean I don't think they're going to, what's called, challenge or, you know, potentially beat in Italy or in Wales. I just, it's just that first game. It's so important for the two countries. Nice. Well, on that, um, she has just burped because she's finished her pint. A lad. Um, we are going to have a... Five minutes. Get your drinks in. Get back here. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 